Hey Star Wars fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Council podcast. It is good to be back with you behind the microphone. I am Alex, your host, and it is great to be with you. If this is the first time that you have checked us out, welcome. Uh, we hope to keep you entertained for the next hour, hour and a half-ish, where we discuss everything and anything Star Wars. If this is a continued listen, another listen, you're subscribed. Thank you very much for your friendship, loyalty, fellowship, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's good to be part of the Star Wars family. But I am not alone. What an absolutely terrible podcast this would mean monologuing. Um, we've actually got a pretty good full house tonight. Almost everyone from the Jedi Council has managed to get around the microphone because... We're going to be going into spoiler territory, massive spoiler territory for chapter 10 of The Mandalorian episode called The Passenger. So who is with me? To my virtual top left, five, six thousand miles away to my west coast of America friend, Justin. Say hello, Justin. Hello. (laughs) Hello. And to my virtual bottom left but about five thousand miles so a little bit closer but still on the east coast of the u.s is the first lady of the jedi council miss mirror ranger say hello mirror hello mirror hello mirror and to my virtual top right but about 250 miles north of me is my good buddy and my brother in the force dave so hello dave hello dave hello and to my bottom right only about 15 miles away from me in the, <laughs> the, the south of london Mr. Alistair Clark, say hello, Ali. Hello, rural farm boy. My <laughs> favourite, favourite rural Western Pennsylvania farm-loving follower of the Jedi Council. Hello, my friend. Can I just say, the tweet that that guy tweeted us the other day is absolutely perfect. The fact he was sitting on a tractor on his lunch break, listening to us talk about the Mandalorian is one of the best tweets I think we've ever had. Uh, so, Mr. Rural Farm Boy, thank you very much for listening to us. Massive shout out to you. Uh, and hopefully you're listening to this on Monday on your lunch break. Who knows? Um, but yes, we are here together to talk about the Mandalorian episode, uh, chapter 10, I should say, not episode two. I need to correct myself on that because I keep saying it's episode two of chapter of season two, but it's not. It's chapter 10, The Passenger. Uh, obviously, on Friday, Ali and Dave and I managed to get around the microphones a little bit earlier than usual to have a bit of a chit chat. So I'm going to just put you two to the side, if you don't mind. Going to get some quick reactions from Justin and Mera. So Mera, what are your instant reaction thoughts to this particular episode? Too many eight-legged creatures for me. (laughs) And uh, a little diabolical child, have we? Or, you know, just a normal little kid getting into some mischief. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's um, out of these two, am I rating it? Go for it, why not? (laughs) Um, It's not my favorite of the season so far. But, Justin. Um, yeah, definitely a lot of spiders which make you crawl. And I, I, you know, it was good to see him again from having seen him in Rebels, you know what I mean? And seeing a more live action version of it that's more realized is very, very cool to see the different creatures they've done this year. You know, they've seemed to really focus on that. Like, even with the passenger, right? Like, you've got this, like, frog-like character. And I don't know if you guys know, but have we seen a character like that before? No, yeah. So you know, it's very interesting, and and like she said, diabolical. The little child. I was sitting with my wife on the couch, and we were watching it. And he looked the way he looked at those eggs. I was like, oh no! And she goes, what? I was like, he eats everything he sees. And she was like, no. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then sure, sure enough, sure enough. And she was like, this is just cruel. 
He's a mischievous little what's it, isn't he? Um, and he clearly doesn't learn his lesson after it tucking into that spider's egg as well. Yeah. You know, and I would have I would have liked to have gotten a little further than we did. Um, you know, overall, considering there's not as many episodes as a show like Rebels and a show like The Clone Wars. But you know, um, the first episode was still good, so I like that. I, I like this episode overall. We'll see what happens with the rest of it. I was actually going to say, before we do jump into this episode, Justin, you didn't get to make it on last week's episode, sadly, but what are your yeah. thoughts on Chapter 9? Go for it. Just a quick 30-minute elevator pitch. What are your thoughts oh. on Chapter 9? I mean, it was everything you want. It was, it's your nice little Easter eggs back to the original trilogy. You've got, you know, um, you've got everything. you got, you got your Mandalorian. You've got Boba Fett, you know. I think it was fun. It was a fun, it was a fun adventure. It was very Western-like. I like the callbacks to, the, to, to Western films. You know, and I, I like that that take that they're doing with the Mandalorian. So for me, that's a that's a cool, it's a cool storyline. So you enjoyed it, yeah. Cool. So let's jump into chapter ten. Uh, and one thing that I do want to draw attention to was for the first time in a while, Mister Contrary um, wow. was actually right. Uh, we did start this episode on Tatooine. You know, after after you have been consistently wrong the past couple of episodes, you had to get one right. Well, would would we say wrong? I prefer the seeker of truth, justice, the person who elevates the Jedi Council to the way, because it is the way. I accept. <laughs> I, I accept your humble apology. Humble apology, Alex. I wasn't apologising. I'm just saying you're right. There's a difference. Hey, I heard a humble apology there. <laughs> but yes we do start this episode in uh, in Tatooine and for those of you that listen to the podcast that we did on Friday um I really enjoyed the first five minutes um in fact I think it's the first five minutes is and hopefully everyone agrees it's completely different to the rest of the episode um is there's a bit of action there's some kind of fighting a little bit of comedy as well in there uh, and we kind of touched touched on this on the on the show on Friday but for me the first five minutes literally was that continuation um of chapter nine uh, the way that kind of the Mandalorian was ambushed uh the way they tried to basically take all of his belongings before he kicked them to smithereens effectively uh and then with that comedic piece with um the jetpack and and you know we touched on this dave on on the episode on friday didn't we how the comedic part of that was it was pretty spot on wasn't it really that was the, the humor was good on that it was good that was it was cleverly done yeah, the way he used his little wrist wristband, wristband? No, it wasn't wristband, is it? It's more like a control panel, isn't it, on his arm uh, to really make the jetpack kind of kick off. And I, I must admit, I thought that was pretty funny. Mr. Contrary, you shake your head there, mate. Literally no. nothing funny or clever about it. Literally not one thing. Like, right. I watched it again today, and actually I think the episode was even worse than I thought it was first time around. And, um, yeah... But I, I, I think I think Mandalorian has a has an issue at its very very core, which I will talk about later. Right, I I, I will challenge you on that one though, because one thing that we said on our last podcast is that we the, or you, no, we we all said this. We all Unlikely. said this, that the humor was much bigger in this episode, and there was a much yes. bigger focus on humor in this episode. We all said that, and we all agreed on. So that. did the Last Jedi. Didn't make it good. Well, we're not talking about the sequel trilogy. No, no, because I think I know where Dave's going to go with this. I think Dave's going to tell me, remember, it's for kids. But, you know, that was a problem with The Last Jedi, but not a problem here. Well, no, I was then going to carry on with this conversation to say that 
I watched the episode again with my boys. And unlike The Last Jedi, where they both thought The Last Jedi stank. And Dave, humor, you told him with me. And the humour was off. And it was it was off tone. It didn't feel like Star Wars. So there you go. I managed to get a mini rant in about The Last Jedi there. Um, but the boys just loved they, they, To be fair, it's been a while that I've seen them sit all the way through something such as this, where they've just literally been wetting themselves but from from the moment of um, the bit where the, the, actually to to go back to all the way back to that beginning piece, to the bit where he shot the little alien in the hand, and so the little alien then goes and grabs this great big big machine gun to shoot him, and then he grabs the machine gun out of his hands and smacks the two guys over the head with it. The kids were laughing at that. It was it was slapstick humour, but it was cleverly done, quite well choreographed. And then the icing on the cake was the jetpack and, and the way he dropped the alien, which went splat before the jetpack then returns like an obedient dog back to the Mandalorian. And, and the boys loved that. And so I would say I enjoyed it more watching their reactions. I, I liked it the first time around, but I enjoyed it more watching them too and getting, watching the pleasure them two got from that. I still stand by what I said originally on the last podcast. There was too much of a focus on the baby, on the child. There was too much. There was too much humour in it for me, but I still enjoyed it. It worked for me. So there, there you go. So I, I, I am contrary to you, Mister Contrary. Well, it's I'm nice not... for you two to not gang up on me for a change, which is no, what normally it's happens. Nice. So it's nice. You know, all, all the critics are even agreeing with me that it was a pathetic attempt and possibly the worst episode so far. So. Well, it's definitely not the best episode of this season. Yes. yes. I so, think we yes. can universally agree on that one. Um, and one thing, obviously, Dave, that you kind of mentioned there was the whole focus on the child and stuff. And Mera, in your snapshot, you touched on that as well. Um, was there anything in particular, Mera, that you found the focus on the child or his antics to be overly used? Or did you enjoy it? How did you feel about the use of the, of the child in this particular episode? Because, of course, last week we all said, didn't we, that it was nice that there wasn't a huge focus on the child, whereas this particular episode, there's a massive shift. Yeah, I um, I thought maybe not quite half of that would have sufficed. With it. Just, He ended up just kind of creeping me out for something that's, what, two feet tall, but... <laughs> Maybe, you know, somebody was just like, why wouldn't he eat eggs? I think I read somewhere that they were like, well, what did Yoda eat? I'm like, well, Yoda lived on Dagobah. I don't think there was anything not slimy and slithery on there that he would have eaten. I mean, let's be fair, but uh, I I don't know. He's a kid. He's going to put his fingers and toes and everything and He's going to get into it. And if he's told no, he's going to go for it. And they did at least push that, that this is not some magical creature who's perfect. And one, uh, he's one with a force, but he's also, he's also a little imp, <laughs> which kind of makes him a little bit more relatable, I suppose. But yeah, I think about half of that would have sufficed for this episode. I, I was going to say, I think for me, it was more the fact that the eggs are something sentient. It's, it's, it's one thing to eat the eggs of, of, of a chicken, like we all do. But it's quite another one to think that you would be eating the 
eggs of, let's say, a chimpanzee. <laughs> it's, it's, it's. Well, chimpanzee don't lay eggs, do they? They don't. They don't. <laughs> you have to remove them from the chimpanzee. <laughs> but you, you, you get my idea. You, you, we wouldn't. We wouldn't choose to eat the eggs of a some... lizard. I mean, I would. I wouldn't ascribe. I wouldn't ascribe human terrestrial things to a, to a child with force powers. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and Justin, in your in your quick snapshot, you kind of touched on how, kind of you pointed out to, to to your wife that Yoda, baby Yoda, the child, just basically eats everything, you know, and that and and Dave's point kind of just emphasizes that. I mean, doing it once, oh, that was funny, but then did it doing it again and then eating the spider? It's a bit like, is it was that a bit false for you? I was worried that like there's not going to be any eggs by the time they get wherever yeah. they're going. At the, at the I, race, eating them. Yes, I thought exactly the same thing. Yeah, and and the thing that made the one part of it that made me laugh was when, and we'll kind of get to how they got there, but when they landed on that ice planet, and the and the, I'm going to call it the frog creature because I don't know the name of the species. Apologies. Yeah. Uh, she she was called the frog lady. That's literally what she was called on the um, subtitle. I saw that. Yeah, my oh. second through. I clearly knew that. That's why I said it. Uh, so the frog lady um, <laughs> when she found like the hot, the hot spa type jacuzzi as it were and you just saw the eggs kind of laying out and baby yoda go that's i thought that bit was a little bit funny but then the continued usage of him eating everything i don't know it just kind of felt a bit too too cutesy and a bit too forced and and obviously we know what happened with, with the spider yes but let's take a quick step back before we got there because one thing that happened in between them getting to the ice planet and of course leaving tatooine was we didn't talk about this on the show on Friday because I think it would have been too much of a big spoiler. Was the X-wings? Now, in the trailer, we saw the X-wings turn up. Um, wasn't expecting this episode. I don't know why. I just kind of wasn't. Um, Ali, you kind of pointed to yourself a little bit there. No, I definitely did say that on the spoiler-free review that there were X-wings in it. Oh, did you? Yeah, definitely. That just shows I haven't listened to it since we've done it. Uh, <laughs> but. In that case, yeah, having the X-Wings was a bit of a surprise for me and quite quite a nice one as well. You know, the whole sound effects when the when the wings kind of open to get into attack formation, you know, that that was quite a nice little callback for sound me. Sound in space? Yeah, well, we already know that. The, you wouldn't hear a TIE fighter in space before you do. Dear, oh dear. Slack. It's always, that's always been a thing of Star Wars. You've always been able to hear things in space. And see explosions and everything. It's magic. It's exactly, Mera. It's magic. It's fantasy. Thank you, Mera. Not fantasy. Not fantasy. That's the problem with Mandalorian. Let's get back to that in a minute. I want to get back to that. Not fantasy. I've discovered why I don't like the Mandalorian as much as Star Wars. It's not fantasy. It's sci-fi with Space Western. Let's come back to that because that's going to have a whole heap of conversation. Uh, from me and probably Dave and Mera and Justin, to be fair. So let's come back to that. <laughs> I just want to keep focusing on the story. But yeah, seeing the X-Wings, guys, obviously we saw Dave Filoni uh, reprise his role as an X-Wing pilot, uh, which I thought, again, was pretty cool. Um, and seeing him was, was was pretty nice. Was that a good throwback for you, Justin? That was a good throwback for me as well. And I don't know if you guys have it in the UK on Netflix, but we have it here. It's called Kim's Convenience. 
And the guy in the other X-Wing was the the father from that. So that was cool for me to see that guy in it as well, because I really like that show. So it's kind of cool to see everybody they keep bringing in and just kind of tucking in. And, like, the whole scene was cool. I mean, you got a nice chase. You got, you know, you got to see a move. I thought it was, I thought it was good. I like the CG on them. Yeah, and, you know, of course. Sometimes with the TV shows, they don't do that as well. Yeah, because obviously there was that back and forth, wasn't there, between the X-Wing and, and the Mando on the Razor Quest around credentials, beacons, turning yeah. things on. Oh, I don't know where it is. Oh, apologies, you know, that kind of stuff, which again was pretty funny. Um, which led to a chase scene where they landed on this snow planet. Is, is uh, Ali raising his hand? I, was say, I don't agree with you either, Justin. No? No, I don't agree this, with you. This contrary uh, strikes again. Are, are there only two X-Wings patrolling the whole of that blimmin' region? I oh, find it unbelievable <laughs> that the same guys who turned up in the last series turned up again. I just think it makes Star Wars fun. I also find it unbelievable. Was it the same? That the guy two? wouldn't scan. Sorry. Like, 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 wait, da, da, da. Oh, sorry. The guy, <laughs> the guy, the guy, the guy of the Mandalorian refuses to send them a pin, whatever that means. He won't switch his beacon on. He then tries to escape them and they don't try and shoot him down. They just think, oh, we'll just follow him and eventually he'll land, surely. Pathetic. You wouldn't get that in original Star Wars. They'd shoot him, shoot him down. Yeah, but they're the good guys. They'd have to shoot him down unless there was a real reason. And if they can't, you what know, what reason like... did you need? It was he was trying to escape. <laughs> well, yeah, well, it... shoot him. He literally goes down into the atmosphere, and they're literally going, "Oh, that'll cause his spaceship to fall apart." That's me doing Mara's impression of an Englishman, by the way. That'll that'll cause. That'll cause the spaceship to fall apart. But let's let's not worry about that. And then we're going to shoot him down. And then we're going to oh no, he's landed and we've lost him. So we're just going to fly off in the other direction. And then we're just going to turn up at the end and oh, we found him. Yeah, that's that's great story writing. Well done, whoever did that. You know what? Some people like my English accent. Okay. I, <laughs> I, I can't understand you unless you actually put it on. What's she saying? Oh. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So there are a couple of things there, Mr. Contrary. First off. First off, they asked him if he could identify himself. They already knew who he was because they'd they'd recognised his ship and, and what have you. So they were asking to confirm who he was. There was records of who that ship was and that it had been close to the prison ship. So they didn't shoot at him because, as we saw ultimately at the end of it, he probably wasn't actually a wanted man because he, as he, there was he a wanted, though. They let him go. They so if they could scan him at that point, they definitely would have shot him. They said they went away and found out about the Boven ship. I like that time, by the way. But he went away and did that, and that's how they did it. Shoot him. Shoot that Mandalorian. Kill that baby Yoda. Anyway, so they they didn't. That XD guys. And if you shoot someone with a laser bolt, you destroy their ship just for running away. That's slight overkill. It's well, not... Don't it's wait. Not, this it's ship can fly in space. As long as you steal a cockpit, you're fine to fly in space, apparently, these days. Ali's an Imperial man, isn't he? <laughs> I've always been a bit of a team Anakin. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to be honest. I've got to be honest. Kill the slice down, younglings. I've got to be wow. Honest. I think the Anakin came out. Came when the first out order there, turned up, I thought, finally, some order in this chaos. They would know how to shoot down the Razor Crest. 
Jesus. Wow. Listeners, apologies for finding out that Ali is an absolute authoritarian, author, authoritarian or whatever that word is. Um, <laughs> you're, you're right on the end there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you carry on, please. Out of this don't, don't give him a gun and a badge because God <laughs> knows what happened. Oh, Jesus wept. Um, Dave, carry on, please. So, so they, are, they knew who he was and they, they said their record showed that ultimately... He had managed to deliver three wanted criminals in exchange for the one that he'd taken away. He'd also done his best to try and protect the guardsman that was there. So from their perspective of him, he wasn't necessarily wanted. They just wanted to check his credentials. He was 100% wanted. Um, yeah, he actually was wanted. They did say he was wanted for yeah. questioning. 100% questioning. wanted. Questioning. Right. Then he but ran that, away to shoot him. If he's questioning, you don't shoot him out of the sky. Exactly. That is Damn. massive. So it's funny. It's funny. It's so funny when the Mandalorian kills an innocent guy who he's made a deal with. That's hilarious. He says to him, don't worry, mate. You take away that stuff that you need. You'll be fine. He then kills him. He's so funny in the last episode where he ties someone up to a lamppost and let dogs kill him. But it's not so funny when people want to maintain law and order in a lawless universe for the New Republic. I won't have it, Justin. I won't have it. The New Republic are law and order. Exactly. So they should have shot him down to restore it. No. No. <laughs> I feel like the uh, the patients are running the asylum at the moment. Jeez. <laughs> One little job is, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the bloody Joker, yeah. <laughs> nice little Batman reference there, but anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, you've completely derailed the podcast there, mate. Thank oh, you for Oh, no, that. it's okay. We can bring it back. We were talking no. about... Yeah. <laughs> you were talking yes. about how you love the X-Wings, which made noises outside in space. <laughs> in space that has no sound. I'm going to put you on mute in a minute. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> carry on, Justin. Uh, yeah, so no, I mean, you know, it's okay. Alec can have his opinion. You don't got to mute him. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I like it. Even if there's not sound in space, I mean, there's a lot to there's a lot to science fiction and stuff like that that just doesn't work. So I, I don't pull at those threads. Like, it's, you know, something I enjoy. So it's I'm not trying to pull it apart. And Mera, X-Wings, nice little throwback to you for the original New Hope. Yeah, I liked them. <laughs> Sorry, trying to contain myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did. I like to see uh, Dave Filoni back and then his new cohort, because the other two were obviously on the other side, protecting the other side of the planet that Allie and us didn't see. So there were more. It was a nice throwback. Yes, thank you. Oh, so, <laughs> so then we see the Mando crash on this ice planet, uh, causing quite a lot of damage to his ship, where he realizes he needs to fix it. Um, and then one thing that kind of surprised me as well at one point here is where we see the frog lady reprogram the droid and use it to talk to the Mandalorian. Um, wasn't expecting that. And the one thing that I must have been the one thing that I thought of as soon as it happened was if this person's smart enough to reprogram a droid, surely she can help him fix the ship. <laughs> but, can I put in a UK reference here? Because on. I didn't realise last time that the voice actor for that was Richard Iodi when he was in the last series. And so in the UK, HSBC, a bank you may have heard of, have adverts saying, we are not an island. And, and that's the voice. So as soon as he came on there, I was waiting for him to finish off with, we are not an island. 
they actually spanned to that what is it ant head droid robot head <laughs> they they actually showed us that before she even did that so there was yeah. a little clue that this was going to be a little bit of foreshadowing wasn't it yeah exactly they've done at the very beginning of the episode they did almost like a quick recap sort of thing but what they showed was that droid and being shot on the ship so that so they were, there was already a positioning piece in the call back at the very beginning of the episode. I, I was yeah. going to say, I, I know Ali had issues with the acting. The, the issue I had on the run-up to the crash and then the crash itself was, was because I, I appreciate that Star Wars physics possibly doesn't run quite how the physics works in the real world, and I'm happy with that because it's continuous, and, and, and it's it's it's... Agrees with itself. It doesn't. It doesn't create inconsistency. However, the one inconsistency I did notice, which which did bother me, was when the Razor Crest was being chased by the two X-wings. I, I quite like the way that the Mando did the almost like a side skid in the sky, um, falls by behind a cloud, but then switches his engines off so that he then drops. How come? There was no messing of his cargo bay when he did that. However, when he was when he was completely the right way up, but fell through the ice and still ended up right way up, his entire hole was trashed. It should have been trashed when he fell out of the sky in the first place. That that for me was a bigger inconsistency. But then again, that's that's going back to the whole physics in space and without starting world war three the whole bombs dropping in the the last jedi wasn't it what about the privy dave did that not annoy you what the fact that he's got a toilet he called it the privy he called it the privy that is such a real world thing to call the toilet a privy i'm like okay you've got husbands you've got privies and you've got this weird use of the force in every episode being used of may the force be with you and thank the force in a world where, or in a universe, where the Force was apparently not existent. People didn't know it was even there. However, okay, Very weird. There's two, two things there. Sorry, this is becoming the Ali Dave show. Apologies. Um, two, two separate things there. What did he say? We, I didn't hear him. We listen to them speaking in Galactic Basic, and we interpret it as, as English. So they used the term, they, he could have called that a squat blob. For we know, but we heard it. That um, would have been so much better. But we that would have been so much more Star Wars and going using a Victorian word for toilet. We just we just hear our interpretation of it. Anyway, so that was one thing. And the the, the other thing was I forgot what the other thing was there. What was this other thing? <laughs> I don't know. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Obi Wan? I'm off to the privy, young Skywalker. It's oh, ridiculous. They'd yeah, like you but... said they'd have some word like a dungle nerber. <laughs> Yeah, but when you think about it, there's always been normal words used in Star Wars. You know, every single word for the Navy is used for the Empire. They're, you know, they're admirals, they're sergeants, they're ships. It's, it's, it's a way to make it relatable yeah. to the people that are watching it. If you start making up random words, like I remember what this is me going off on a rant. One of the things that really annoyed me with, um, what well, kind of annoyed me with the EU is that they called coffee calf. You know, that was the direct translation. I'm like, 
if you're going to call it something so close, yeah, it's to make it clear that it's caffeine, but ultimately just call it coffee. You know, it's the same way that everyone drinks blue milk. It's it's milk, it's blue, it's blue milk. Well, that makes sense. You know, um, it, it's just a way to keep it relative to, to, to the watchers, the watchers, the, the, the people that are watching the show, the, the fans like us, because they want to make it relative. They want to make it easy to understand. If you start throwing in random words, people are going to be Googling it going, oh, what the hell does that mean? Not so fast there, Alex Drew. Not so fast. Mera, who's your favourite character in Star Wars? R2-D2. What's it sound like? What's he what? What's it sound like? All those real words he uses. He doesn't eat use in binary. He doesn't use glasses. But, but it makes it better when they do that. All like the frog not talking English. It makes it better rather well, than coming in with all these real world stuff. You get certain aliens who only speak in Hatties. Exactly. exactly. Superb. I would prefer that with some little translations. Not of the they, they, they were speaking Galactic Basic. That's why we understood it as privy. Exactly. So we understand it when they say the, the ice planet Hoth. We understand it when they say the desert planet Tatooine. Dave, you've changed. You've changed. I remember when I first came on here <laughs> and they started calling lightsabers laser swords, you were saying to me, I don't like that. It should be lightsabers. <laughs> not real world. It should not be like that. And now listen to you. You've changed, Dave. You've changed. Every Dave. Every open mic. We used to be able to argue for an hour over lightsabers versus laser swords. <laughs> Now no, no, no. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The laser sword comment wasn't necessarily the phrase. It was the fact that Luke Skywalker said it. And Luke Skywalker would never, ever call it a laser sword. If Han Solo said it, you'd be a bit like... In my yeah. world, Mandalorian would never call a toilet a privy. He'd call it a burger. It might be a privy in Mandalorian. Exactly. Well, so I have a question. Despite all the things you do, like the R2-D2 speaking in Trills and the frog speaking in that, despite all that, because he said Privy ruins all of this? Yeah, like in the books, they refer to R2-D2's beeps and Trills. They, it's, a, it's written. <laughs> I thought we were talking like, about the latest episode of Star Trek, and I was like, oh, oh, oh Justin, let's get involved in some discovery. Oh, no, I don't, I don't Star Trek. Planet, have we? Excellent. For that conversation, Alex. Excellent. Yeah, Much better than the latest episode of The Mandalorian. Maybe but either way, just despite all of the despite all the things you do like, because he said privy ruins it. Is that is that what your take is? We are very petty fans, Justin. Very <laughs> petty. No, no, no. Some are petty fans, not all of us. Thank you, Justin. Do not Have use the royal we for this Justin? podcast. <laughs> the royal we is you. You're Mr. Contrary. Star Wars fans like to hate. It's Star Wars. I know, and I don't understand that either. That is I, very true. I don't get that. I don't understand. Uh, how much have you had to drink today, Ali? Not enough. Hey, it's been a long old day. It's been a long old day. I'm going to vote that he meant privy to information. So, bringing it back to The Mandalorian, Chapter 10, rather than nuances in language, terminology, and the name for a bathroom. We're going to do that. We're having a nice chat. Why ruin it? Because this is a Mandalorian Chapter 10 review show, not the nuances and being picky with certain phrases that are used within the Star Wars wider universe. So, I'm going to jump into the, 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 the main talking point, I think, that a lot of fans have had, not issues with, but potential scary thoughts with and and mary you alluded to it at the top in your review was those spiders so just as a bit of a hot take from me those spiders are actually you can buy them as a cuddly toy 
and a and a, and an action figure. I'm using air quotes in Galaxy's Edge in the Disney parks, so you can buy them. So there's a shop in Galaxy's Edge that has like fluffy tontons, uh, dewbacks, but then it has these spiders that you can buy, and I, I didn't realize it at the time. And then I kind of read in a few bits and pieces online. And then somebody showed a picture and I was like, I jumped into some of the pictures that I've taken of um, Galaxy's Edge. And then you can buy one of these spiders. So that's a bit of a cool tie-in. But that aside, the spiders were freaky as hell. Um, and if it wasn't just the little ones to start off with, it was then the big mahusive mummy spider. Um, and I'm not scared of spiders per se, but that, Freaked me out a tiny bit. Um, straw poll. I'm going to ask this question to each of you, and I want a quick answer, yes or no. Did you like the spider, Mera? No, I don't want Harry Potter in Star Wars. <laughs> Justin, did you like the spider? Um, I like him from a design perspective, but yeah, spiders creep me out a little bit. <laughs> Dave? I liked how they were used. Again, they, were, they, they, they had the right mixture of, of creepiness. And I'm going to regret asking this, Ali. I really like them. They're great. Hey, we found something that he likes. I didn't like it during the episode, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, explain. Dave shared with us some interesting information seconds after the episode, which made me appreciate them more. Ah, okay. So how they're in. Rebel Dave, would you like to explain where where you had seen them before? Because you did say yeah. that on the last podcast. They, they were originally designed by Ralph McQuarrie, um, even down to the way that the eggs were laid. Um, and they were concept idea that had been put forward for the original trilogy. That was never used. But as we have seen quite well with Dave Filoni, he used them in Rebels. Hmm. But Dave, it goes more further. It goes further than that, doesn't it? In the concept art, what planet were they on? Oh, I'm not certain what planet they were on. I'm guessing, I think it might have been Hoth. Nope. Was it not? It was not. It was on the planet Mera mentioned earlier. Where was it? Where did Baby... Well, not Baby Yoda. Where did actual Dagobah. Yoda live? Ah, Dagobah. So there was a very nice tie-in between the two Yoda species and the fact that they would have probably eaten them. And I applaud that kind of continuity. So I don't applaud them in the show, but I applaud the thought that went into it. Did we ever see them in Dagobah? Or is that just, no, no, just was, in the wider universe? It never But if it had, that was, the, that was the planet it was designed for. I, I knew it was from Empire Strikes Back, but that's why I thought it might have been Hoth, which would then tie into the fact that it was yeah. on a planet. I mean, that would have made more sense, Mandalorian. <laughs> But then we saw them in Rebels on a grassy savannah style planet. Yeah, not the same though, confirmed. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, it was confirmed. So, so people were asking the leader of the story group and he confirmed that it is not. They are different creatures. I was wrong on the last episode on that. Yeah, because I thought they were Krickners. That, yeah, that's they were the same as well. Nope. Okay. That's interesting. So they are different. Just because I don't like something doesn't mean I don't do my research. <laughs> I like it when you do your research because you realise you're wrong. <laughs> and he doesn't rant neither. <laughs> what one thing I did like about that, which was very cleverly done, was when you saw uh, the child wandering through the eggs, and I had such overtones of alien at that point. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was like, and the fact that they they then did hatch into almost little mini facehuggers was just like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's funny you say that because I've seen a couple of like memes online where people are talking about the episode and they're saying that they're showing a picture of the alien on the face of, of one of the characters from the movie and stuff like that, comparing it to that. And at the point in time, I was looking at it going, oh, my God, that looks like Alien. And, and obviously everyone else is putting that together, which is absolutely brilliant. And it's just as freaky. Um, I the fact that there was not just one, there wasn't just two, there wasn't just a couple of kids and a big old mum. There was like five generations of these things in various different sizes. Um, that, and again, when the Mando shot them, um, at one point I was like, oh my Very God. Very unfortunate that they should all hatch at the same time when they happened to be there, wasn't it? Well, it's clearly the time of the year. You know, yeah, they, well, they, they... About hatch. Maybe, maybe, well, maybe, maybe okay, maybe they didn't hatch previously, but maybe they cocoon themselves up Every night or every day. And Even the big up. one. You don't think the big one grows? It's just this huge thing and then it eats itself and then... Well, no, no. They the grew. Small, the smaller ones. They were one. different sizes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the smaller ones live in those like little pods. They're not necessarily eggs. They, they may be where they live. I think that, well, maybe. I think well, they grow. Well, can spin a, a cocoon. Maybe they spin themselves an egg every night. I just think it's a little too convenient. <laughs> I think they took umbrage to the little baby eating them. I, I agree. Yes. yes. I, I do hate it. Those hen eggs just start exploding when someone eats them at McDonald's. I hate it when they do that, Mara. I'm so sorry, Al. Uh, sorry. But I, I, I like the way that the Mandalorian was angry at the frog lady for, for causing this, when really it was it was the child that was the cause. <laughs> Yeah, wandering off into the snow. Well, it's it's a it's a thingy of events, isn't it? It's if she hadn't have gone for a jacuzzi, um, then they wouldn't have found them. The baby wouldn't have eaten them, and then them, you know, they all, all wouldn't have kicked off. Um, I didn't but like nevertheless, I didn't like the frog lady. I'm you saying didn't like, you didn't like the frog lady, Mira. Go on, explain why. Didn't I? Don't know. She was just. I don't know. You got to take me to where I need to go. And I mean, I get it. I mean, I get it. But she ended up kind of annoying me. And I'm like, listen, lady, if you want to help, do something instead of being a little bit useless and speaking what we can't understand. Great decision, Mara. Great. So I do have one. I do have one thing to add on that that I didn't like is like, I would have thought. Great decision, Justin, whatever it is. I've got, I've got Allie. I've got Allie. We, we're, we can, we can go home now. We've got Allie on our side. No, but why doesn't Mando's helmet translate? Anyone? That's a good question, Allie. Allie has a good theory for Well, that that will lead me into my discussion, which Alex hinted at earlier about Before why we... the Mandalorian has a problem at its heart. Because you are right. Yeah. Before we get into that, because this is going to be a long discussion. I, yeah, no, that's a really good point, Justin, because I think... Uh, I've got a question on the back of that. Have, have we ever seen anyone with a helmet that translates? No, and I think that's a massive flaw in Star Wars that I've had for a long time, because you've got, like, you can fly through space through... Like, you would think basic universal translators would be your number one thing for navigating the galaxy. Yeah. But, but they, they instead they just rely upon 
um, protocol droids. That, that seems right. to be their universal translator. Right. There we go. That's what's missing from Mandalorian. Is not he doesn't have a three PO who has who is fluent in over six million forms of communication. But he hates droids, which they've established from the beginning. Except for now, he's softened on them, I guess, since IG Eleven or whatever. Absolutely, and which is obviously pointed out in Chapter Nine uh, right. when he lands on back on Tatooine at Tatooine. But Ali, let's get into your 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 comment at the start and just a minute ago. So you ha- you made a bit of a discovery for yourself recently as to literally from star trek discovery that is a great segue you like yeah i did that on purpose because we had this conversation no 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 this is serious okay i watched the mandalorian for the second time with my partner she was looking forward to it so much she really really wanted to watch it and after about 20 minutes through the episode she was like this is really bad and pointless this is making this is just really a pointless episode it's not going anywhere it's not enriching the story and so she wanted to watch Star Trek Discovery. And so we did watch it straight afterwards. And it was at that point of watching it, I suddenly realised that The Mandalorian is not a fantasy at all. It is not. There is no, there is no Jedi. There's a small amount of Baby Yoda with a little bit of force power. But the usual parameters of Star Wars, it's missing it. So what it does is it, it takes all the little bits. And as we said last week, sometimes you take all the bits of Star Wars, you put it all together, and you come out with something brilliant. But quite often as well in The Mandalorian, and this is why I think it's not always great television. It's just, it's good television. Sometimes it's okay television, but it's, it's, it's majority good television. It doesn't have all the parts. Like Dave, Dave earlier was saying, it has the parts. Well. I disagree with that. I really disagree with that. And the problem is when it goes down the sci-fi Western arc is, is that it's trying to do it in a really dark universe. So often with sci-fi, there's some sort of optimism that technology will answer it or we will all be one common thing going forward. And it doesn't have that. It doesn't have any of that. And so if I want a decent sci-fi, I'll go watch something else. If I want a good Western, I'll watch something else. If I want good Star Wars, I'll go watch the original trilogy. It doesn't have it. And, it, and, and I was tr- I've been trying to work it out for ages. What was that factor that was missing in The Mandalorian? And it, and it, was, my, it was my girlfriend who worked it out. Not me. Well, there's a couple of things there. Um, Rogue One and Solo. Ah, I knew you were going to say that. And what is the one film in Star Wars I don't like? And well, the new bits. Rogue One and Solo. Don't like it. Are, are generally the most light out of the movies that have come out of Disney. And neither of them featured at all. Well, yeah, well no one saw Solo for a start, obviously we all oh, know that. But, but to your point about Rogue One, that that may well be true, but it might not be true because more people watch the other films. So you you're talking you're true. talking about a certain element of fan here. No, you're I'm talking not about people that actually I'm went and watched the other stuff. Online, so like, I, I don't agree, and as I said to you, I never gelled with Rogue One, never mm. once. And I've always said that I don't like Rogue One, and I think that's what it is. Okay, so, so there was that. Um, but then again, I'm like solo to some extent had that Western vibe. I would also say that the original Star Wars A New Hope had a Western vibe to it, but it uh, had fantasy with, with the gunslinger that was Han Solo, with the bars, with the face off between a, a hero and a villain. And, and, and fair enough, they, they used a laser sword as opposed to pistols, but 
but there was that face-off in the bar and the showdown in the bar. So they, they, even though it was a fantasy, a science fantasy, it would still have that Western vibes. And there but, were but I did say that Mandalorian does get it right sometimes. Yeah. I did say that. I just but said more often than not, it doesn't. But the Western vibe is there. And there are sci fi that do that. Well, you... I'm not saying it doesn't have the Western vibe. I'm saying it doesn't have the fantasy vibe. You've got, you've had moments of the fantasy vibe. Not enough. With the baby, the child. I won't call him the baby Yoda. With the child. Sweet, sweet baby Yoda. But that's one of the good things about Star Wars. The fact that we're seeing people. Because the, the force users in Star Wars are the minority. Dave, you're going to be so disappointed when my prediction from last week comes true. You're going to be so disappointed. When you find out the Mandalorian is a force user, you're going to be so disappointed. I don't think he's a force user. It's a different thing to be force sensitive. And I've always said that I believe that Han Solo was force sensitive. He's not necessarily a force user. He's just someone who connects with the force and it gives him a run of what appears to be good luck. But I, okay, but I still go back to it. I think there is a heart at the heart of the Mandalorian. There is a big problem in that what it is isn't that amazing. Okay, but that, that was that was a completely separate point. And the Western thing, you got other sci-fi star uh, um, science fiction westerns out there. Firefly Serenity was such a good one, and again, that was in a bleak, dark galaxy. Wasn't How it? many series was that cancelled after? It was cancelled after one, but again, oh, yes. <laughs> you listen to the fans, and it's something that's still being talked about 20 years later, because it's got to be about 20 years old now. Oh, yeah. It's got streaming well comic books to complement yeah. it as well. So, whilst it was cancelled, it still becomes one of those icons of science. It's a cult icon, isn't it? I yeah. reckon they'd rather have not been cancelled and gone for 10 series and made tons of cash. I'd rather they carried on with it. It was Just a shame that they cancelled it. I think if this didn't have a Star Wars label on it, they'd have more of a problem than they do. Justin, Justin, what do you think? Um, I disagree with his statement yeah. that there's fantasy in it because there's light speed and aliens and a child who moves things sci-fi, with it. Sci-fi, sci-fi. <laughs> but it's still fantasy. It's it's impossible and improbable and and things that are a, an, a, an activity of imagination. Somebody made those things up. No, they didn't. They're real. <laughs> And, and it wouldn't be science fiction. I don't know if they've not come to America yet, but we, we met them last oh. week. Oh, I see. I see. Well, we're uh, locked down, unfortunately. I'd love to come back to the UK as soon as probably possible. probably just California. Mayor has already met them. <laughs> it is probably just California. You're not even allowed to open up Disneyland, you know, so don't, don't worry. We... <laughs> I don't want to go to the COVID factory anyway. Oh, Alex, get that Disney Defender cape out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not turning this into a Disney conversation. I want to focus on the fantasy point that you have just made about the Mandalorian. So, Justin, you, I think Dave disagrees with that. Justin, you sounds like you disagree with it as well. Yeah, yeah. So, I, like I said, I, I think that with 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 the aliens and everything else going to going to different worlds. I mean, you have fantasy, and yes, it's science fiction fantasy, but it's still fantasy. It's not, it's not Star Wars fantasy. It's not hard science. Unlike Star Trek, which which almost relies upon hard science in Star Trek, 
you have warp engines. They talk about the engine like it's an actual piece of real physical equipment and everybody knows what they are. And so you have warp engineers and you have warp fields. Whereas in Star Wars, you just jump to hyperspace. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. It just happens. And no one knows how it happens. And no one gives a damn about how it happens. It just happens. Exactly. And that, that's not true. And you know that's not true. They don't know the what happens now. Remind me what happened in the Thrawn book? How they travelled around? Yeah, that was using the, the Force. Skywalker, but yeah, exactly. But, you, but using Skywalker stuff. It's not, it is now becoming more sci-fi, but just not as good. And how fantasy is that? Navigating a starship with a child who... That's in a book. Things. That's in a book. That's not Mandalorian. I didn't but say you, that you, book. You, I said Mandalorian. I said Mandalorian. They're travelling in known space, so there's hyperlanes. And that's when they just jump in the hyperspace and they just get there. I know, and that's what I said to you earlier. Rubbish that a ship can do that when it's half blown to pieces, like in this episode. Let's let's come back to that ship piece in a bit, because I want. I'm conscious that we've only got Mera for a little bit longer. So, Mera, with that comment that Ali made about fantasy, where do you sit on that side of it? Do you think he's right, or do you think he's wrong? Let me just or... start by saying I've always valued Mera's fair and sensible <laughs> opinions. That be that as it may. Let's get some sense here to the answer. And I'm very much question. looking forward to you coming to Northern Ireland for my wedding next year, Mera, at the moment. I'm, I am looking forward to it too. I can't wait to see lovely Aileen and you also. She's going to be great. But yeah, I really like this fantasy Mandalorian a lot. Yes. And I'll be there with bells on, dear. <laughs> no anymore. That invitation is rescinded. Justin, my dear old boy. I'll just go to the boss. I'll go to the boss. Aileen, Aileen. <laughs> Mara, Mara, I'll see you at the bar. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so my two pennies worth. Not that it matters because it's three against one. Um, I'm kind of sitting in the middle. Always liked I, your opinions, Alex. Always thought they were fair. <laughs> <laughs> is it as fantasy as the movie? There are terrible opinions. No. Is it as fantasy as it could be? Maybe not. But I don't think at the moment this particular story calls for it to be that level of fantasy. Because when you think about it, the, the fantasy elements that we love about Star Wars isn't just the aliens isn't just about the planets, but it's the Force, the Jedi, the Sith, the Dark, the Light. All that comes into it. And while we do have the child, who is an, a component of it, the fantasy, to that extent, doesn't exist, but it does at the same time. Because to Justin's point, and I agree with that 100%, these are fantasy elements, uh, components of storytelling, and the way that this story is evolving, there are fantasy moments in it. However, there is the flip side of that where, and I agree, when you think of chapter nine, the beginning of chapter 10, it's very Western. But then again, to Dave's point, there's always been components of Western within Star Wars, you know, um, and the way that everything is sewn together. And, I, and personally, I think this is one thing that makes Star Wars so attractive is that you've got all these elements tied into one movie or one genre style of movie. I mean, to a certain extent, Star Wars is its own genre when you think about it. Star Trek is sci-fi, hardcore sci-fi. Lord of the Rings, hardcore fantasy. Whereas Star Wars kind of sits in the middle. Um, it's, it's, it's a hybrid of everything. 
it has fantasy, it has Western, it has samurai, for God's sake, you know, all these things are this melting pot of this, this show, these movies that we kind of love, give or take a couple. Um, but nevertheless, for the most part, we have a, a story that is so compromising of a variety of different things. That think, I think that makes it brilliant as to what it is. Now, this is me waxing lyrical about why I think Star Wars is amazing. But going back to Ali's point, it is a, there is components of fantasy, but there's probably not as much as the movies because it doesn't necessarily need to. Um, this story is about outside of the, the fantasy realm of Star Wars, apart from the child, to a certain extent. I thought the last episode was about a fish that wanted its eggs fertilised by its husband on another planet. That was the... What's the word I'm looking for? The for the journey? Yeah, that was the MacGuffin, whatever you want to call it. Um, but for me... Um, I think the fantasy piece is, is that it's, it, it's there, it's kind of lingering, uh, but where it kind of loses a bit of normality, but tying back into the fantasy thing and the spaceship, when he takes off from this planet, his, his spaceship is knackered. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's in really bad condition. And I just want to kind of talk, just have a quick conversation about this because while, you know, we argue about, noises in space explosions in space there's this understanding that normal sci-fi realms of physics don't exist and that can be in, tied into the fantasy piece to a certain extent um however having a spaceship so banged up as this one when it took off the back door flapping he's yes he's closed the door to keep the compression in la da da da, da. i thought that was a little bit convenient Justin. Um, you know, I've read a lot of EU stuff and there's a lot of that that happens in the EU where they've crashed somewhere and they seal themselves in a bulkhead and then blast off after they've fixed engines. So it's not as much of a stretch for me. Plus, <clears throat> if you remember from the trailers, just before everything launched, there's that incoming scene where he's kind of floating along the side of that planet and the back end of it's just hanging open. So we knew... At some I point, assume something that's how the next episode starts. That's what I would assume, but I mean, maybe we'll see, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, we knew something at some point was gonna happen. I what I don't understand, I mean, when he's outside of it trying to patch it up, it's like, does he just carry extra side steel? I mean, it, it was crumpled like a beer can, so I think it's good that they didn't just patch it up and say the whole thing was good. At least they acknowledged that he was it, it was beyond repair to a certain extent, you know. And they made it work for what they had. That's where I stand on it. Mary, you were shaking your head. Uh, sorry, nodding your head in agreement. There. Is that is that how kind of you saw it as well? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was a bit. It kind of breaks the bounds of credulity, but in real life. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's Star Wars, so you know, I didn't think it was totally unbelievable in the Star Wars world. You know. But yeah, I'm glad it didn't get totally fixed up. And um, and I'm noticing something a little bit different just with these two episodes. Or maybe, you know, I feel like there's kind of a, a, a tie into the following episode. Where, I mean, we followed the journey last episode. Is anybody else feeling that too? So like we re resumed in Tatooine and then we're going to resume with the ship landing somewhere, hopefully safe. Yeah. So as if, yeah, they're kind of weaving 
the story. So it's one, dare I say, one continual story rather than episode done, episode done, episode done. It's more of an arc. Yeah, and I don't know what's going to... I mean, obviously, he's taking... Not only to take the person, the frog lady, to get her eggs fertilized, but her husband has information that he needs. So it is furthering the story. Yes, because he he knows where the Mando is, right? Well, supposedly, right? And so we don't know yet... I'll hold judgment and reserve judgment on certain aspects of the story until after I've seen the full arc, right? Dave? Well, the, the, this is where you, you don't have hard science. The, the reason that he was able to get that ship back into the air is because there's a slight fantasy element to the story. Um, it's not like, again, to go back to Ali's little soap, soap pot thing, drum, whatever, um, he... Love what was I standing on? I don't know, soapbox, that's it. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Um, so to, to, Ali's little soapbox, um, which he, he stands on quite a bit um, at times. I'm very short, Dave. I need to. It's that all yellow pages. I didn't want to say that, mate. I didn't want to say that. But that is the reason. Um, <laughs> it's Star Trek. And so, Star Trek is hard sci-fi. A much harder sci-fi. Whereas... I guess, all right, just looking at the way the shit was banged up, all he had to do was get the, the cabin pressurised. As long as the engines were still fit for lifting it, it's a rocket. So it just needs to get outside of the atmosphere. It doesn't need to be streamlined. It doesn't need to, to even hold anything once you're outside of an atmosphere. Um, it's just a, a lump of metal hurtling through space. My, I, I suppose my only question around that was how he managed to repressurize his cabin that, that they were all sat in because the, the large spider had managed to put two feet through it. Yeah. So that, yeah. that, <laughs> that, Great that point. For me, <laughs> that, <laughs> me was the only thing. The yeah, only through thing. the canopy, right? There's also the fact that he decided to take a nap and go to sleep when if it was that easy to just, before any of the damage of the spiders happened, to just pressurize it and blast off. Why was he like, oh, I need to go and sleep and we've got to stay here the night? And the little frog lady's like, no, we need to go now. Don't worry about it. I just thought I'd have a sleep. Then I'm oh, going to no. specialize and oh. I'm going to blast off. It's that easy. He'd been out trying to fix the thing. Yeah, I was going to say. Also... Oh, go ahead. Go on, Justin, go on. I was going to say, I think he was also trying to give it a little bit of time to let the rebels, you know, can and, and, and so they could get out without getting re-caught back up. Justin, you and the rebels, they are not rebels. They are the enforcers of peace and justice. They are they are the authority Sorry, now. Excuse me, the, the new, new Republic. Republic. Correct. At this point, because they are the new Republic, you're right. They are the law of the land. Excuse me. You and your free loving ways. <laughs> this is coming from the guy who wants to extrajudiciously shoot people out of the sky. That's my point. <laughs> your police officers don't do that. Captain Kirk would have been like, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Captain Kirk doesn't go around shooting people first. He does, and then he sleeps with the with the what with the females of the uh, alien species. It's, it's quite often the case of they get shot first. They're normally retaliating. Oh, not Captain Kirk. So Star Trek is full of moral decisions. Then it is. So Star Wars. Never you were talking about stories. Such as, I'm an older lady, should I go after a 14-year-old Padme looking at you? <laughs> right, let's not get into that. <laughs> let's, let's continue the story. We're actually, to your point, Dave, about the spider putting his legs through the canopy, I hadn't even thought about that. Um, 
yeah, that that's a really, really good point because there has been no, there was nothing to show how we'd actually fixed it. Whereas when, in beforehand, when he tried to fix the ship, he's got his little kind of screwdriver out. He's doing bits and pieces, his little toolbox. Yeah, you know, you can see it. Like, but how how did he do that? I, I must admit, maybe he took material off the back, and that's why it was flapping around. It's possible. It's possible. I just say the the one thing I really liked about that was see the that flip flop sides there, Mera. Did you like it? See what happened there. <laughs> I, I was going to say that the one thing I did like about that was the fact that she convinced him to go outside and try and fix the shop the ship, and his attitude was right. Fine, I'll go and fix the ship. And he goes and gets this tiny little toolbox as though that's going to be able to fix a massive <laughs> hole in the side. Yeah, yeah. So he's <laughs> got a hammer and a spanner in it. You'd be yeah. lucky, let alone anything else. But then again, he's got a jetpack and a utility belt. So chances are he's got what he needs somewhere else, right? Uh, well, you'd like to think so anyway. But, um, and but he has yes. built it before. He rebuilt it on Tatooine and. Because it was on Tatooine, wasn't it, when the Jawas took it apart? Um, no, no, that was the planet. Where they found the Quill. Yeah, where Quill yeah, was. Who was who was guarding the child in the first place? You're on mute, Justin. Because there are other world Jawas. That's yeah. it. Yeah. To the, the Mando might be the bad guy, and he was already in a safe place. The child. <laughs> and maybe the Jedi were protecting him originally. We've already asked the question in last week's show. We asked our listeners, is the Mando a bad guy? And the answer I didn't was, no, say that. It? I didn't say that. I just said the whole premise of this is set up around the fact that the child needs saving. Do you think he actually needs saved at the beginning? Well, no, because the Mando didn't go there to save him. He went there. He went to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. So, ah, oh, so you're agreeing with me then, Dave, that he is the bad guy. The child was safe. No, no, he went there to apprehend him because he was picking up the bounty. Damn it. I also would argue that the child wasn't safe there, considering he needed an armed contingent of people around him to keep him safe. Hey, I've seen hey, what the president has. They loved armed contingents around them. <laughs> Whatever president that might be, by the way. We're not yeah, we're not turning this into the political we're not, podcast. We're not going that way. Ever since the beast and all the people around it, they love it. Anyway, that derailed the podcast for like the third time. Fourth, I counted. Fifth, but yeah, who's counting? Um, <laughs> Me, that's why. But well, you're wrong. So therefore, it's five. <laughs> We, we were kind of wrapped up the story to a certain extent. So I think we've got to the point where he's he's clearly off to the name of the planet that I've completely forgot to find the frog lady's other half, find out information about the man. Sometimes I amaze even myself. I'm, I'm sorry, that was my notification. <laughs> what, what did it say? It, it say? was Han Solo. Sometimes I amaze even myself. And every time it comes on, I'm like... It. That doesn't seem too hard. <laughs> That's excellent. I'm totally leaving that in when we do the editing for this show. <laughs> Where do we think the next episode's going then, guys? So we if if you know, Mera to your point, if the if the weave is, is flowing through the episodes and we know it's gonna continue 
into the next episode. So chapter 11. Yeah, that is right. Chapter 11. Um, where are we thinking it's going to go and what do we pre predict for the next episode? Mary, I'm going to start with you. Okay. You're on mute, Mera. Where we're going to go for the next one? Yeah, um, where do you think we're going to go? Well, I mean, obviously, we're only in the second episode of the second season, so we can't have a full resolution of he's going to be tagged for an, another Mandalorian somewhere else. Or I kind of hope this one's not a complete dud, but I, I don't know. Um, obviously, he's going to bring home his whatever like, eggs are left over um, with the frog lady. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I, I predict that it's going to be rough sales. <laughs> Dave, where do you think the next episode is going to go? Well, I suppose he's, he's got to get to this next planet, hasn't he, to, to get to the frog man and and hopefully the frog man will be able to point him in the direction of, of a mandalorian enclave on the planet somewhere justin so i think it's interesting i don't know if anybody else is gonna but i'm getting monty python vibes on this i feel like the holy grails on tatooine and we've already been there because mando's or uh boba fett's supposedly on tatooine still and we know he needs the mandalorian so wherever he's going isn't necessarily where he needs to be at least that's where I'm at. So I, I don't know. Like I said, I would have liked them to have moved the story along further in this one. So, you know, we go drop off the frog lady and hopefully it moves some things forward a little faster for me. Ali? I think that the trailer has been a giveaway so far. We've seen a lot of the trailer in episode one and two, which means I think we are going to see a Mandalorian in the next episode. And I think her ep name is going to be Sabine Wren. Oh. I think because of the character who appeared in the trailer, and I think that they have front-loaded the trailer into the series, so I think there's a very good chance that we are going to see a Mandalorian in the next episode. Interesting. I must admit, I, I didn't think of Sabine for the next episode. I was thinking that they would shoehorn her in and around where we kind of expect Ahsoka to turn up. So, you know, in, in the conversations that we've had, we've seen who's writing all of these episodes. And we know that John Favreau is writing the first four with Dave Filoni writing and producing and directing the fifth episode, which has led to guesses and ideas that that's when Ahsoka is going to arrive. So I must admit, I was kind of thinking Sabine would be around that time. Or who would guide them towards Ahsoka? Maybe someone who's met her in the past? Well, at the end of Rebels, you had the scene that was after the, the return of the Jedi where Ahsoka comes to Sabine to go looking for Ezra. So Sabine and Ahsoka are together roughly around this period. Or maybe so separated this... now, but that's how they get back together. Is She finds the Mandalorian and he guides them back towards Ahsoka for episode five. Meet in episode three, adventure episode, meet Ahsoka episode five. Sorted. Bish, so bash, if, we, done. If, we're meeting Sabine, if we're meeting Sabine, is she going to try to get the Mando to help get the Black Saber back? Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's a great shout. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, see, and that's what, I think I commented that on, on the, on the la after the last podcast I missed, I think I commented on the Twitter post. Is my opinion is, is that it's going to be at the end. 
when you know um I'm, i can't remember the moth's name right at this Gideon. moment Gideon. 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 he's gonna have him cornered and it's gonna be sabine attempting to get the dark saber back and ahsoka coming in and then and then i think they'll end on that and it'll just be wild speculation for the rest of the rest of Ooh. what happened in season three you see, I was thinking, because we know that um, Katie Sackhoff is, is in this at some point. So I was thinking possibly that he hooks up with Katie Sackhoff's Mandalorians, who then put put him in touch because because he's not he's trying to find Mandalorians because he thinks the Mandalorians will give him a, 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 a direction to take the, the child so that he can return the child back to the sorcerer um, witches that are the Jedi, because that's all he knows of the Jedi. Right. So, so yes, for me, I thought I, I thought it'd be a case of he took up with Katie Sackhoff's Mandalorians first. They put him in touch with us with with Sabine, knowing that Sabine knows Ahsoka. So then, perhaps the Mandalorian that we get introduced to in the next episode is her, or her clan, or her, which is. Bo Katan. That's who Katie Sackhoff's playing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe she gets introduced to that clan, and then the story escalates after that. Yeah, and that then gives us a couple more episodes before we get to the Dave Filoni episode. Then. And we saw that she tracked down Ahsoka on Coruscant. I mean, when she needed her in the last season of. Clone Wars, so we know she right, she can right. she can track her down if she needs to. That's an interesting point, actually. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that because, of course, season seven of the Clone Wars was is it seven yeah. where they where Ahsoka has her own free free episodes um, helping the twin the sisters. That was the interesting. The yeah, Pei. that's it. Yeah, and then obviously she gets found on with the pikes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if. Yeah, if their relationship has kind of grown after that, you would have thought so potentially. Um, and obviously have that link back to what you were saying, Mary, with the, with the Darksaber and kind of tying in the loose ends because we kind of know what's coming for the rest of the season, but it's still quite loose in, in kind of how we get there. There's, there's, you know, to your point, Justin, you know, we've only got eight episodes, right? We've done two. So there's six episodes where we're going to have to see Bo-Katan, Ahsoka, um, the Black Saber, do we have a resolution for the Black Saber? Who Dark Saber? Who knows? Gideon, uh, and then of course Sabine, and then are we going to see Boba Fett again? Well, maybe not, due to rumours around scheduling and him potentially having his own series. Well, yeah, they're, they're saying that they've pushed back the Mandalorian season three to film Boba Fett shorts, aren't they? Yeah. So again, oh, you I know, so. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, apparently they've pushed the Mandalorian season three back. So it was in pre-production for the last couple of months. Yeah, they pushed it up by two months. They're yeah. going to do some shorts, apparently. If that—that's the rumor that's going around. I'm quite happy with the Mandalorian not popping. Oh, oh, sorry, not the Mandalorian. With Boba Fett not popping up. As, as far as I'm concerned, they've drawn a line under Boba Fett. Boba Fett lived. That was—that was the entire reason detriment between that, that first episode. Completely agree. Yeah, I if I was super hyped when they to- told us about Boba Fett being in here because. Seeing what happened to him in the EU, things like that, I was like, yeah, that'd be really cool. They've brought him in. He isn't Boba Fett that we know him anymore. He is a Tuscan Raider by 
what he's wearing on the assumption that he is. Um, for me, that's a great resolution. Uh, and I think that's, a, to your point, Dave, that's a great way for them to just say, look, Boba Fett's still alive. And then to Ali's point, you know, we're going to start doing some shorts that include Boba Fett. So therefore... But we don't course, know when they're set. No, that's very true. This could be after yeah. he escapes, before he, before Empire, who knows? But interestingly, I'm not sure if any of you guys have seen this, but Timor, Timor Morrison's IDMB page no longer says he's Boba Fett. <clears throat> so on the last kind of episode, we, we kind of discussed, is it him? Is it Rex? Is it a clone? They've taken it off of IDMB. Now, obviously, we know IMDB even. IMDB isn't necessarily the official source, but it's indicative um, because I'd of last and whatnot. I'd love for him to be Rex. I'm even sporting my Rex beard again at the moment. <laughs> I'd love for him to be Rex. But isn't yeah. Rex at this time supposed to be like on the planet? Uh, well, I guess no, because it's after Rebels, which means he wouldn't be on that planet anymore. And he could be with Ahsoka again. Yeah. Him and Ahsoka have so much history. I think that's almost a guarantee because of Dave Filoni's Twitter profile. What do you got there, Ali? Do you remember when he put that image up a while ago, which had Ahsoka and Rex riding off into the sun? Yeah. And at that point, everyone thought, because it was going to be a giveaway at the celebration that didn't happen this year, I think. That's right. Yeah. And then, so it just appeared again. And so... Filoni has done this a few times with other things where it's been there. So, you know, I think there's half a chance with that. I, I think I think it might happen, Dave. I, I'm, I'm hopeful for that. But I would say that, that that illustration could even be just a callback to the, the end of the Clone Wars where they disappear off into the, into the distance. I'm, yeah. And we've had to lose Mera, sadly. Um, she's had to sign off a little bit early. We knew her time was very precious today, so she's had to sign off. Um, but thank you very much, Mera. We will catch up with you next weekend, probably, the way things are going. Um, but I think we've kind of got to a, a natural stopping point to a certain extent, I think, haven't we, guys? We've kind of covered the episode. Um, was there anything that we might have missed that, that throughout this conversation? Anything in particular might have jumped off the page that we've missed, guys? I mean, I do want to say that I liked when he cra- when the speeder crashed and he caught himself with his jetpack. I thought that was a cool scene. That was tough. Yeah, I did like that. I did like that he wasn't that he just didn't just sprawl flat out. You know what I mean? His reaction time was good. He's definitely becoming a bit more of a pro, isn't he, with that jetpack? Mm-hmm. After seeing what he did in Chapter Nine. Uh, obviously, the way he's been in chapter ten, he's clearly, clearly earned his stripes, uh, as it were, uh, for for using that particular jetpack. Um, anything else that we might have missed out, gentlemen? Yes, Dave. What does Disney Lucasfilm love doing to your childhood heroes? They love killing them off. Boba Fett has to come off so Disney can kill him. <laughs> He was never one of my childhood heroes, to be fair. He was one of the villains. I think Boba Fett's notoriously one of the hardest people in the galaxy to kill, so I don't even think Disney can kill him. (laughs) Spot on, Justin. Spot on. I think George Lucas thought he was dead. No. I mean, they made, he he wasn't he in on like the EU books after the fact. Like he let people write those and use the Star Wars name. 
Justin, have you listened to one of our podcasts before? Do you realise yeah, what you yeah, just said? And you've just started Alex and Dave off. Do you realise what you just did? Take it back before they realise. Take it back. I'll tell you what I am going to say, though. I don't know if you guys have... I don't know if this is me being super-duper nerdy. But um, the jetpack... There's a bit of a close-up of Boba Fett's jetpack. And I can't remember if it's in Chapter 9 or in this one. But there is a mark across the back of the jetpack and it's where Han Solo hit him in Return of the Jedi to bust it open but they've actually patched it in the exact location um, of where that contact was made where the impact was that kind of like made him shoot off and ended up in the Sarlacc pit but the way that they've done it is so spot on that they've just covered it and you can tell that like it's new metal that's covering this particular part of the jetpack. And I saw that I was like, you know what? Dave Filoni and Favreau have pretty much nailed it when it comes to getting just the small things right and how they've brought them back in. And that for me was, when I saw that, I was like, that's that's pretty impressive. You know, that's taking the, the minute detail um, of anything that's kind of gone previously. And, and again, cast back to, to chapter nine where the Sam people are on there elephants what are they called Bantas. Bantas, thank you god brain brain fart there um when they was on shout out mr star trek um and when they're on their banters star trek stuff like that wrong and well banters don't exist in star trek anyway so they're walking in a straight line because obviously Obi-Wan right walking straight line to, to hide the amount of nuts to, to hide the numbers that there are of them yeah. And I'm like, they're getting these small things so right mm. that it, it that in itself makes it feel like Star Wars. Regardless of fantasy being there or not, regardless of this particular episode not really progressing the story, it isn't doing that per se, but it is still proper Star Wars. Does that make sense, guys? It does, because like the cantina scene as well. Was that the famous booth? That w- well, that was the canteen. Yeah, I don't know if it was the same booth, though. I can't remember. There were a lot of people again. saying it, it might have been. We'll have, yeah, to, we'll have to take like, note to see if there's any scorch marks behind. Well, was well no, but they weren't in Mars Eisley. I was going to say, in the. You know, the final scenes? They were. You know, when they do the, the. The. Almost like the cartoon stills at the end. Yeah. I think there might be a scorch mark behind where she sat. Ah. Yeah, I thought it was Moss Eisley, Justin. I thought it was as well. Because that's where he lands in the episode before. The bit yes, where... Cool. I think we might be blurring episodes here, but it's where she's gambling against like that ant creature. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly Wait. right. Wait. Oh, 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 yeah. You mean, okay. They, were they in Moss Eisley at that point? Yeah. Yes. He'd gone oh, back okay. to get the razor okay. to take off. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. I thought you were talking about when he met with, uh, in what is it, Moss, uh, the one where he found yes, the. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, the other Moss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wasn't talking about that. Like, was that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I forgot he goes back to see her before the beginning. I, I'm getting them blurred. I thought that was at the beginning of this episode. Uh, also, quick, quick note on the director of this being obviously famous from Marvel, Ant Man, Ant Man and the Wasp managed to get an ant into that cantina scene that we were just talking about. <laughs> what what did you think? Like, I I thought the Ant-Man was a really, really funny film, and I enjoyed it. And I just, we, I just wondered. 
Do we think, yeah, just, just you saying that, obviously Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp are quite uh, heist capers, aren't they, really? Yeah, they are, yeah. And then, to your point, there is a bit of Marvel humour in there. Yeah. Do we think this episode might have been influenced by the Marvel director trying to bring in, I know he doesn't write the scripts, obviously, but do we think there could have been that element of Marvelness to try and make it slightly more lighthearted to be an antidote, it's probably a bit harsh, but an antidote to the seriousness of Chapter 9? Uh, I mean, it's definitely possible, and obviously it's his Star Wars debut, so he's going to, you know, much like we look at the way Taika Waititi put his own style into the last series, and Rice Dallas Howard did as well. I I felt, yeah, I I mean, definitely tonally different for me, but not like Ant-Man and the Wasp in many ways. But I just, I just thought it was kind of, we've we've spoken about it before about the creeping of Marvel into a Star Wars type universe, and now this is the second Marvel director, I think. So, um, yeah. kind of, kind of interesting um, that that a that they've got such a high profile person to do it. B, I just wonder what kind of job you thought he did. As a director, I thought the episode, like the the the, the way it was kind of shot, was pretty cool. Um, while the story didn't necessarily progress, it was a good-looking episode. The action was well directed. Um, like when you let's take the first five ten minutes where we have that interaction between the Mandalorians and the hijackers. Um, you know, really good action sequence in the way that was directed seems to be pretty good. And then obviously the way that it was done on the ship and then with the spiders and whatnot. I think that was quite quite well done. You know, Justin, what do you think? Yeah, no, I definitely like the spider. Like, the spider thing made me anxious and made my skin crawl as I watched it. And I think another cool thing about it was is we were never going to see Mandalorian melt a human. Disney's never going to let them do that. He's never going to be allowed to melt something else down. So melting spiders? Cool. They're down for it. So we got to see him actually melt something with his fire <laughs> rather than just use it as some sort of, like, buffer thing, you know, to keep things back or keep people back. So I thought that was cool. Dave? Yeah. I, I, I think it was well put together as a story. I, I might, and this is the, the difference that probably Ali has to me. Um, not every episode has to be a, a, a thing, if that makes sense. Um, some of it is just the journey to, to do the things that needs to be done in the, in the story. We saw that in, in the last season as well. There were episodes that were standalone seasons, standalone episodes, and they didn't really move the story further. Um, the heist, the, the, the breakout, the jailbreak being one of them. Um, it was nice that this episode was callbacks to that one. I liked the, I liked the jailbreak out, though, in the first season, more so than I liked this episode. Agree. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And Without sounding too dramatic, of the ten episodes we've had, I think this was my least favourite. It was the weakest. I'd agree with that. Mm. It's not. It wasn't bad. Just to be clear, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't as good as what's come before it. And I think that's generally the consensus that I've seen online. And I think, kind of speaking to to the rest of the council today, it's kind of that kind of feeling towards this particular episode right yeah i think that's fair 
Cool. Okay, I think we've done hour and 26. We're doing well with the timings over the past couple of weeks. We're doing well. Always remember, we did have half an hour chat before this on the instant review show. That's very true. Go back and listen to if they haven't heard it and they want to hear our full opinions. That is very true. That is very true. And with that in mind, guys, I'm going to ask you for your final thoughts. Dave, final thoughts, mate. Still enjoyable after a second watch, and I heartily recommend you watch it with some children because it, it for me, I saw it very differently in the second time when I sat with my kids. The only children I have access to watch them are a four year old and a seven year old, which I'm probably not gonna get them to watch it. Yeah, I've got my 15-year-old niece, but she's not really into Star Wars, sadly. But. That, that, the, the scene where the child has the spider on his head um, just before Frog Lady shoots it, and he's literally... <laughs> <laughs> Justin, final thoughts from you, mate. Final thoughts from me are that I am enjoying the season thus far. I definitely want more story development and more more pushing forward in the next few. Like like I've said, there's only eight more, or like you said. Um, so I, I look forward to see what's coming, you know? Let's see what the overarching story is of the entire season. Like you said, it's like Mara brought up, it's weaving itself through more. They're not as standalone. Yes, maybe some are more standalone, but I'm excited to see what's coming. Awesome. Mr. Contrary. Final thoughts okay. from you, mate. Yeah, 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 sure. So, <laughs> I think that the world's in a pretty dark place right now for a lot of people, a lot of us. And I may have seen a little bit ranty today. Star Wars, I, I've said this before, that I don't go back to the last films because they don't make me want to escape. And that's one of the big gripes I have with the sequel trilogy and films around it is is that they don't have that repeat watching for me. The last episode of The Mandalorian did. First one in a long time where I wanted to watch it again and again and again. And so I went into this episode with mentally high expectations that they'd got Star Wars right and it was going to continue. And I think that that escapism from just the horrible nature of COVID and what's going on in our world right right this now. I just want it to be better. I know it can be better. I know it can be great. And when it isn't great, it really gets to me a bit more than perhaps it would if we didn't have COVID and the world was a bit different right now. Because I want it to be great. I want something good to happen in 2020. And The Mandalorian was looking like being that after week one. And after week two, it's more 2020. Ooh. Ooh. That's an indictment. I was going to say that, that that's, that's gone a little bit deeper than I was expecting on a final thought. Crikey. Well, that's I had to set it up all episode, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> You're very on brand today, yes. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, my final thoughts are, yeah, it's... Just just as a quick response, to that, I, I understand where you're coming from with that. And I would say that partway through this year, I lost some of the passion, let's say, that I've had with Star Wars in the past. And, and it was noticeable because my 
collection didn't grow at the same rate as it has done in the past. Um, whereas I would actually say that recently I found it again and, and my collection has, has, has started to grow again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, um, I, I know what you say. I do know what you're saying, Ali. I do know what you're saying. This, this year has been a dark year. I can definitely agree with your sentiment for wanting it to be the best thing, but and I don't know if it's just because for me, I I watched the original trilogy and then I mean, you guys were around too, so you you probably have the same thing. Like, there was no Star Wars, new Star Wars for so long that like for me, I'm oh I say this all the time. I'm always just happy to be in the Star Wars universe, and I'm always just happy that they're still making it, and like. To me, if it did drop off enough, like Resistance, I really didn't care for it, didn't watch it. But it doesn't it doesn't diminish Star Wars for me that they made that and that people like that. Yes. And like everybody gets their escape, so you know. But I definitely see what you're saying. Like you want it to be so good all the time, but I, I think it's hard to have that kind of consistency. I mean, there's shows that do it. Don't get me wrong. So it is possible we've seen it, you know. But I think it's a tall order for a lot of people. Disney's supposed to be one of those companies you know but we saw what they did as you said we saw what they did with the sequel trilogy you know so i mean you know yeah uh, they're a business they're trying to sell lightsabers and galaxy edge tickets it's funny you said it because yeah i mean to your point justin yeah you know in the dark times where all we had was books the odd comic comic, kind of video games really that that's kind of all we had that encourage the fandom to do more to learn more and understand more and we're now in a point where i think it was last year i think it was last year i wrote an article saying that it's the most amount of star wars canon star wars that's been created like ever last year where we had movies video games tv shows a theme park you know when i was 10-year-old boy, if somebody said to me, you can go to a theme park and drive pilot the Millennium Falcon, would you do it? I would have bit your arm off. Um, and as a 38-year-old man, 37-year-old at the time, to do that, I, I jumped at it and I waited in line for an hour and a half and I, and I rode and I piloted the Millennium Falcon. And it was brilliant. And I've done it a couple of times since and it continues to be great. So to your point, Justin, I completely agree in that being where we've been with nothing, being where we are now with a lot is a good thing. Is it saturated? Depending on your point of view, yes, no, whatever. For me, and like, you know, we've said this in the past, that if you're making the volume of Star Wars we are getting, it has to be good Star Wars. You can pitch out a Boba Fett series, an Obi-Wan Kenobi series, a Mandalorian season three, an Ahsoka series, a this, a that. As long as it's good, I'm fine. The sequel trilogy kind of, I don't know, damaged that a tiny bit with, for me anyway, for any one of the movies. Um, but nevertheless, it Force Awakens, good movie. I enjoyed Rise of Skywalker. I know it has its detractors, but whatever. But we've got, good Star Wars that's being made for the most part. And I think Mandalorian Season 2 is continuing to make good Star Wars. It's not Empire Strikes Back peak Star Wars. And I think everybody knows that and everybody's aware of that. But it's still good 
Star Wars and it's a decent TV show. And yeah, you know, it's not a wire. It's not Sopranos. But I don't, I don't necessarily want to learn about drug dealers in space or gangsters. Yeah, that's not why I watch Star Wars, you know. And I think for me, we're getting good Star Wars now. While I didn't enjoy the episode as much as Chapter 9, to, you know, to your point, Ali, I didn't. But it's still an enjoyable show, you know. I liked it. It's not as good as the rest, but it's okay. So therefore, I'm kind of glad that we're getting this volume of Star Wars that's decent for me. Um, this is kind of where I'm going with my final thoughts, just out of interest. <laughs> Didn't premise it with that. But I think we are, yeah, you know, 2020 has been dire. No arguments from that. Hell, I've been on a plane once this year, which for me is ridiculously little. Um, and, you know, while I get called a Disney defender, I haven't had the opportunity to go to a Disney park this year at all. So I'm kind of missing out, you know, personally. That's how I escape. I don't necessarily just watch Star Wars. I like to enjoy myself by going to Disney World or Disneyland, whatever that may be. But 2020 has sucked. Um, and Star Wars is a kind of escape on that. But it's good TV for me. Um, it's not the best. It's not going to win an Emmy for, for its storytelling. It might do for its special effects and its music. The music's great. We've not even touched on the music for the past two episodes, actually. The, music is, the music's good. Mm. I'm really enjoying the soundtrack. Um, but I think for me, as a final, final thought, bring on the next six. Because the next six, to your point, Justin, you know, it really has to up the ante. There's a lot of things that they need to jam into them. And the other thing that we haven't touched on, or we might have done, this, and we, I think we actually did it on the episode on Friday. This episode's shorter. You know, I think chapter nine was 50, 52 minutes. This one was 38 minutes, give or take. Doesn't sound a lot. But an extra 10, 15 minutes on an episode of a story, you can go through a lot of stuff in that. Dude, yeah, if they'd made me sit through another 10 minutes of that, you should would have heard some rant. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't hear your rant. This, there was more? It's oh, no, been another 10 minutes, it. Justin. <laughs> so with that in mind, that's, that's the end of my final thought. Uh, kind of ended on an incredibly deeper process there. But nevertheless, um, thank you very much for listening to us talk about chapter 10 the passenger of, of the mandalorian season two uh we are the jedi council thank you very much for listening to us if you want to learn more about who we are what we're doing we are out on the website www.the-jedi-council.com reach out to us on all the socials twitter we are at the jedi underscore council on instagram we are at the jedi underscore council underscore tjc find us friend us on facebook we are at tjc underscore the jedi underscore council if you want to find us on any of our back catalogs of all of our previous podcasts, we are hosted on SoundCloud. Find us on there again with at the Jedi underscore council. But of course you can go to the website. We have a podcast page of all of our website that looks like it's been now categorized. Dave, I'm looking at you now. We've done it year by year. Haven't we We've made it a bit easier for you guys to find our back catalog, uh, which is a good thing. Don't forget though, like subscribe, find us on the iOS podcast app. find us on Spotify, find us on Amazon music, Ask your best friend in your house, Alexa, uh, if she will play you the Jedi Council. You can ask her to play the latest uh, episode uh, of our shows. And don't forget, you can also find us on Podbean, Player.fm, um, any other kind of podcasting collective app that you may or may not have. You can find us on there as well. And also 
find us on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, we're not as active on there as we probably should be or would like to be, but nevertheless, we do have some, some videos on there. Again, find us at the Jedi underscore council on YouTube. Like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. So when we actually do get around to the more episodes, you'll be notified when they're going to be dropping. And remember, may the force be with you. The force will be with you.